Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I'm for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. As uh, we chat with you for the next couple of hours, and thanks for spending some of your time here with Trent and myself on the BMW of Des Moines guest list uh, here today. Uh, we will speak with uh, a longtime listener to uh, Sports Talk, to the format in the market, uh, Philip Tracy, who is who reached out to uh, to me via email, KenMillerShow at gmail.com. And we certainly uh, encourage uh, all restaurants out there, if you'd like some airtime, no charge, to come on and tell uh, our audience what you're doing as far as the carryout and to-go business that you may be offering, KenMillerShow at gmail.com. We do that Tuesdays and Thursdays, or you can find Trent on Facebook, Trent Condon, or he's at Trent Condon at gmail.com. So lots of ways to get a hold of us and to uh, get in the queue. We will do restaurant radio again tomorrow. But Philip Tracy is blind, and he reached out to me and asked me, since we're doing this community serve, would, uh, would it be okay if he joined us on the air and talked about what it's like for some of the uh, the handicapped population to try and navigate their way uh, through the times that everybody uh, is experienced. So why wouldn't we? Of course we will. So Philip Tracy, who, um, again, is blind, and I used to see him yeah. at Des Moines Buccaneers games. You mentioned that to me. Yeah, he just he just wanted to be a part of it. it, it just the audience, the you know, the the guys on the ice, the puck hitting the glass, mm-hmm. the uh the trash talk maybe going back and forth and uh so I've I've saw him a couple of times at uh, Buccaneers games, but um a good guy, I've known him again, met him a long long time ago. So he's going to come on and share his story and we certainly welcome him to do that. Cappy's coming up. What time we got Cap? About 10:30? Yeah, 10:25 probably. 10:25 with Cappy will head to Chicago Centurion Stone of Iowa. Makes it possible for us to speak with Cappy. And we record that every uh, Wednesday morning at 8.35 as he is on the air right now. Uh, so Cappy's coming up at the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, Life Serve Blood Center. There is a real shortage of blood during uh, these times. And uh, we are going to have Danielle at the uh, Life Serve Blood Center uh, from the Life Serve Blood Center join us. And um, because look at the blood drives. They're way down, right, as you would anticipate with social distancing. Uh, That's, I would imagine, one of the taboos, if you will. Maybe not the right word to use. Uh, But we'll get Danielle in here and we will ask her how... Uh, what kind of help that they need and how that they are going about uh, trying to um, secure the gift of life because that is what it is. So Danielle from Life Serve Blood Center at 11. And then our team of the day is the 1985 Iowa Hawkeye football team. I know, Trent, you are 
eagerly, uh, eagerly anticipating this one. Uh, it is the Hawks from 85. Chuck Long will join the program at about 11.20 and share some of his memories for that uh, remarkable, remarkable season, 1985. And I will lean on you once again, <laughs> as I do most mornings, uh, to get us through this one. I think I can I make, recall one game, one versus two. Sure. Michigan versus uh, versus Iowa. And at the time, it, it didn't dawn on me that four years from now, I'm going to move to that, not only leave my country, but uh, find myself in Iowa. So it didn't resonate at all, other than it was one, two. And I remember the kick, because that's all I remember. It was uh, the build-up. I remember that leading into it. And, and I think, I mean, these are the earliest memories of my sports fandom. I'm in kindergarten. I, I don't right. have a whole lot of depth and breadth. There are at least probably real memories. There may be more memories that you acquire as it goes on, and you feel like you know it. But the one thing, two games I remember. Don't remember the Ohio State game when they lost. Mm-hmm. Don't remember, a lot of people talk about the Illinois game. We got some highlights from that season when they jump out 35 nothing after losing to Ohio State in the first quarter against a really good Illinois team. Don't remember that, but I remember the Michigan game. I remember us eating dinner and having the television on during that one and then scooting back and watching the kick as Houtland kicks it through. And then I remember the Rose Bowl and the build-up to yeah. that and how big it was and then right. just being baffled. Yeah, how bad they played mm-hmm. in that game, and Ronnie Harmon fumbling the ball and dropping mm-hmm. passes, and and Which on took and on, on and a on. life of its own. Trent, that, that it did, and we for, of course found out there might have been a few more layers to that story than mm-hmm. initially, at least, at least some people anticipated there. But fun memories. It was fun looking back, reading through some different things. Read, read a lot last night about the squad and just filling in those gaps, filling in those memories. But we'll have a guy that. Lived it, and he can fill in all those gaps with us. Chuck Long at 11.20, and we'll rewind, play some of those highlights probably end of this hour, about 10.50 or so. We'll go through the 1985 season. Maybe we can do it again before we scoot out of here at noon, if indeed the time presents. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, talking to Chuck Long about People have told me, and I'm going to ask him, as I don't think I ever have, uh, some people will say that his the game he played against Michigan State was his best game as a Hawk. Statistically, I'm not sure that it was. He had, I think, he threw four touchdown passes and scored the winning touchdown on a boot. Right. Um, but I'm, you know, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to ask him. So we will uh, relive the 85 Hawkeyes as we uh, have done here. Some of the best teams in the state of Iowa uh, as we um, you know, fill sports segments, and that's what we're doing. So we'll get Phil Tracy in here again uh, coming up here in about five minutes or thereabouts. Trent, there is some, uh, since we're talking football, there was a little trickle of news in the sports world yesterday uh, in the NFL who's going through with their draft is um is going to expand the playoffs this year. Now the expansion of the regular season doesn't start uh until uh, next year. Uh but and the schedule's going to come out in May, which surprised me because over yeah. the past few years we have heard from the league and from the teams that it is paramount that they have the schedule prior to the draft. Well, they know who they're playing, right? I mean, if you if you were a warm weather climate team and you had a game in I don't know, say you're the Dolphins and you play in Buffalo on the first of January or second of January, going to change your draft board. Yeah, that's just it. You're yeah. not going to, right? No, not at all. Um, I think the I think NFL teams wanted to see the schedule as bad as NFL fans. Yes, did. right. But it's not coming out until uh, sometime in uh, sometime in early May. 
But the the word from the or the news from the NFL yesterday was the fact that they're going to allow an extra team from the AFC, an extra team from the NFC into the playoffs. They're going to take away the two seeds by which had been there uh, since they adopted this format. So the two seed, if you if you're the one seed, you're off the first week. If you don't get the best, you don't have the best record uh, in your respective conference. You're playing on Wild Card Weekend. So what we've got here. We're going to have three games on Saturday, noon, 3.30, and 7.30, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Uh, likewise, on Sunday. I know there's a lot of folks that don't like it. I've never understood how anyone can, can look at the scale. And on one side of the scale is an extra playoff team from both conferences. On the other side of the scale is more football. Right. <laughs> I mean, and, and this is, this is this a trick to, question. This is going to ramp it up. I still... I like wild card weekend, I think, more than divisional weekend. Divisional weekend, you get so many blowouts. Mm -hmm. Now there's upsets that happen to number one seat, whatever it is, Ravens losing last year to the Titans, but there's just something about the wild card weekend. It's getting started, and now we get an extra game on top of it. Now, for the contest I do every year in the playoffs, going to have to get those teams in by noon, as opposed to getting them in by three o'clock, but... Yeah, we'll see the Texans in the first game, and it'll be on ESPN. <laughs> They'll host. They'll and, host, yep. yep. It'll be a terrible game against the, How did this team make the playoffs? And, and here it is. We say it every year. <laughs> That's the way it's going to play out. Death but, taxes and the Texans hosting the wild card game in the playoffs. They've taken over the Cardinals getting yep. into the playoffs every year in MLB. I'm in for it. I mean, it's an extra game. Like you said, I don't understand. Does it water down the league? You're still talking about 14 of 32 making their way into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's still under half. If they would have went to eight in each conference, okay, I could understand it. And also adding a little bit more for that number one overall seed. Right. How many times in week 16 and 17 do we see teams that, well, we can't catch whoever's the one, but we still got the buy and we're fine, and they're really coasting into the playoffs. That is going to be off the table and a bigger push to get that number one seed. I'm all for it. I, I think this is going to be great. I understand it's a money grab. You know what? Most everything's a money grab in the grand scheme of things. I think. If that's what has you all irate and fired up about it, I think you got bigger things to worry about than that. It's another football game. Enjoy it. That's all it is. That's all it is. It's It's a game on Sunday night. It's a game early on Saturday morning. Now, usually on Saturday morning, they reserve that. Is Wild Card Weekend usually when... Um, North Dakota State wins their championship. It has I think been, it is, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So that'll have to move around. So right. that maybe might they be put it on Friday night. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe yeah. that might be one of the casualties of all this. But uh, again, regardless. So this is what would have happened last year. Just so, so you're up to speed on this. Uh, the AFC playoff teams, Baltimore and Kansas City, got a bye, and then we saw Tennessee, the six, have to travel to New England, where they won. Uh, the Bills and the Texans, as we talk about, the Texans hosted. So this in the AFC this year, Kansas City would have been forced to play Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, they would have hosted the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, it's not a great Pittsburgh team, but it it's the Steelers and. There's history behind it, and it's another extra game. It just, there's so many different layers that you can add to this that it sets up to be more football, 
get to see the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes adding the numbers that he is going to put out. I, I just think overall, Steelers, Chiefs, yes. They've had some classics, Trent. Yes, they have. They've had some classics. So we would have seen this, then we would have seen Tennessee have to travel to New England, same deal. And, uh, of course, the same deal with Buffalo uh, having to travel to Houston. In the NFC this year, the team that would have qualified that was on the outside looking in was last year's, the prior year, uh, Super Bowl loser. The Rams would have got in. They would have played the Packers. Yeah. In uh, at Lambeau Field, Packers. Okay. Yeah, Niners would have had been the only team uh, that got the bye, uh, so they would have. I mean, Rams, Packers. You yes. don't want to see that game at Lambeau Field. A couple me, of traditional yeah. helmets. Yes, I'm in for that. A couple of good uniforms, and the Rams have their new logo, their new uniforms coming up this season. But yeah, another one where. Jared Goff, after what happened to him the year previous in the Super Bowl, you would have had that layer to it. You would have had what was happening there. Absolutely. I, I think we're we're almost talking in circles here. We're talking in circles. This is great. Yeah. This is a great thing. More NFL football. Yeah, expand it to eight. I don't care. It's more football. I mean, th- throw 12. Throw whatever you want to do. More football and how how deep do we have to go before the Bears would have? Would uh, they would have got the next if they would have gone to eight. The Bears would have gone in. <laughs> they would have been in. Last and you year. know what's ironic about and, that? And that's a bad Bears team. Yeah, it's funny. Because and they would have been a playoff team. Your team would have been a playoff team. My team, the Broncos, been a team. because would have been Denver. The Denver was the eight seed as they miraculously. Um, who did they beat on the final weekend of the season? Did they beat the? Chargers or the Raiders? I think it was the Raiders. It was the Raiders because, uh, yeah, uh, the the Raiders went for two to win, and uh, Shelby Harris knocked down uh, at, at the line of scrimmage, batted the ball down as he was able to get some penetration. So that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about two extra teams getting in. The NFL has approved that, and that will be on our televisions. Touch wood. Um. This January, first weekend in January. More football, good thing for me. All right, Philip Tracy coming up, a longtime listener. We'll get him momentarily. David Kaplan's going to join us at about 10.25 or thereabouts. Look forward to having Cappy on. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors uh, Cappy. Covered a lot of ground. Obviously, The Last Dance is going to be a big, big talker. That's the Bulls documentary that debuts on the April on April the 19th, the uh, 97-98 Bulls team. We'll talk to Cappy. We'll do um, Last Dance. We'll do... NFL, and particularly the Bears, mm-hmm. and a little bit of baseball news uh, at the end. But let's get uh, Philip Tracy in here. He's, as I said, he's um, known him for a long time. Philip Ken Miller, Trent Condon, good to reconnect with you. Philip, how are you doing? Good, guys. Really good. A lot of changes in life, but things are going great. And uh, yeah, I remember all the way back to 1996. I've yeah. been listening to your program ever since then. I remember so. when I first met you. We were at, uh, we had a, I don't know what we were doing. We were at Valley Junction and you showed up and, uh, that's where I, I met you. The, that, was it like AK O'Connor? That's what it was. Like yes. Good for you. I love AK Yes. That's absolutely right. And then, of course, we'd, uh, uh, bump into each other periodically at the Moines Buccaneers game. I, I thought that was absolutely. so, so unique that, um, you know, with, uh, you're, you're, as I've told the audience, you, um, you're blind and you would just go and you'd sit in the stands just because, you just wanted to be a part of it, right? And let the game play out in your mind. Yeah. And I always found that uh I always found that noble and um they're just really neat. It stuck with me, Philip. Yeah, absolutely. And of course some you may or may not uh, remember that I used to sing the national anthem for them as well. So, I did uh, not. I, yeah, I, yep, I had I did that for a number of years, um, several times a year. But as far as hockey is concerned, yeah, I actually 
was not a hockey fan. I didn't, <laughs> I couldn't understand it because I didn't like the fact that scores were like only one nothing, three to two, you know, yeah. stuff like that. But when I got there, um, the crowd was so electric, and I was just amazed. And I could actually listen my my hearing. It, uh, I wouldn't say that my senses are better than anyone else's, but they're used so much Bad. more. They're forced. You're forced to use them, um, and so I could hear. I could literally hear the play-by-play without the announcer because I could hear the ice, I could hear the skates, the collisions, the pucks slapping, getting slapped by the sticks, uh, the people getting thrown into the boards, the puck going into the net. So I could pretty much tell you who had the puck, you know, and I knew they switched sides. I could tell you what end they were in. I I couldn't tell you player for player who had it, but I, I could tell you which team had it based on zone time and, you know, things like that. That's awesome. Philip, uh, our buddy Tony at Zenny uh, reached out when he heard you were going to be on the show today, and he said that love Tony. you did color for him on the radio for basketball. Is no that right? No way. That's awesome. I did. I had one opportunity to do it, and, and you know, it was a lot easier uh, than you might think uh, because all I have to do is, it, well, it depends on how well somebody's describing the game. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's giving... Uh, you know, really, really excellent play-by-play. You you don't need to be able to see to to call a commentate. You just don't need to be able to because everything is being described and you can draw that up in your head. It's remarkable. It's so, awesome. It really is remarkable. Yeah, I did that. I did that down in Indianola. I believe it was in Indianola. Tony would remember where we were, but it was, yeah, we were packed into a gym and that was quite something. And I bet it was. That's, that's awesome. quite a story, and thank you for sharing it with us. So, Philip, um, look, at we're all, all of us, right? We're going through something that uh, that we've never had to go through before. It's difficult to do it, um, you know, for us, but for you and the, 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 the handicapped community out there, um, it's a whole different set of challenges, I'm assuming. Philip, what are you going through right now? Um. It's kind of weird because with with my multiple disorders, I've always had problems with um, with being self isolated, so to speak. I mean, it, t- to me, it's been a lifelong issue, um, and um, it's it's difficult to it's not difficult for me to connect with people necessarily, but it's difficult for them to connect with me because you have to understand what the disorders are. Um, Besides just being blind, if blindness was the only thing, then it, it really wouldn't matter. Um, you know, it's uh, but it's things like ADHD, um, you know, depression, OCD, things like that. That is what makes life, you know, dif- very difficult. So I now with everybody else being kind of self isolated as well, it takes away whatever services uh, special needs might might require, or might uh, maybe they don't require, but they. This might be a convenience or something for them, but a lot of them require services that are much harder to provide for right now. And uh, I'm thankful to have enough independence, you know, to be able to do most things. But uh, I do still need help with with a few things on occasion, and um, it uh, it can be more difficult to find that during these trying times. And uh, yeah, that. But otherwise, I'm doing well. That's great um, to hear, hey, Philip. Is is there a specific place where people can go to lend support or, or for people that want to get involved and, and do different things? Is there kind of a one-stop shop where you would direct people, find ways that they can help out the community? 
Yeah, um, the the one that I'm aware of is uh, is, is the ministry is called Hand in Hand, uh, okay. and it's a part of Valley Church out in West Des Moines. That's the one that I'm aware of. If if somebody uh, needs has a need, um, they should reach out to them. They could just call the church office, and that phone number is five one five two two six nine nine seven three. Also, I wanted to say um, I want I'm interested in serving special needs of of all ages. Um, I'm launching a campaign to uh, purchase for the community a special needs motorcycle. I would not own it. Uh, the community would own it. I would take care of it. Uh, I think with the stimulus package that we have out there going, it's important to uh, feed the economy in these times. And so I'm taking my entire twelve hundred dollar check that I get from the stimulus and I'm putting it towards that community motorcycle. Um, and I would like people to, uh, join me in doing that. Um, I, it's when things get back to normal, uh, my goal is to put smiles on faces and joy in hearts of all the entire special needs community. Maybe it just starts locally, then maybe it branches out statewide and who knows where it can go from there. Um, but that's what I want to do. That's been a dream of mine for quite some time, and I just there's never been an opportunity to start it. And uh, thanks to this coronavirus that nobody wanted, and mm-hmm. I am sorry that it's here. The opportunity suddenly popped up, so I'm going for it. So, so uh, again, um, what, once you get this, and once it's in place, and we're able to get on that thing, and uh, what well, we it's kind of a d- delivery. You want to give brides on it? What what's kind of the um, yep. what's Absolutely. your vision on that? Yep. Uh, it would be a three-wheel motorcycle, which mm-hmm. is great, because then uh, nobody has to worry about tipping it over. Um, I would uh, I would care for it myself, and uh, the community would share it as a, as a whole, so it wouldn't be owned by anyone in particular. Well, that's great, man. I, I hope that this uh, I hope this comes to fruition for mm-hmm. you. Uh, give that phone number again uh, and that cause that uh, some, for some folks out there that may be uh, wanting to help the uh, the special needs community. Okay, uh, you can contact uh, Valley Church. Uh, their ministry is called Hand in Hand at 515-226-9973. If you want to contact me personally, you can text or call 515-776-2730. Hey, Philip, I'm so glad you reached out to me. It's uh, it's good to, to reconnect with you again. Uh, I'll never forget you, Philip, and I'm glad that because I couldn't. I'm- I couldn't remember the name of the place that we were in back in, I don't know what year it was, 97, 96. A.K. O'Connors, 96. 96. In the fall. A.K. O'Connors, unbelievable. Yeah, um, thank you so much, Ken and, and Trent. I really appreciate this time. I, I just can't, I can't believe this is finally happening. Happy to do it. Uh, you've got my email address. Reach out in the uh, in, in the weeks to come if there's anything uh, else Trent and I can do for you. All right, Philip, good to talk to you. Will do. Thank you, brother. Yeah, be well. Thanks, Philip guys. Tracy. Uh, that's great. I did not know he did play-by-play with Tony, or he did the color for uh, Tony. Isn't Eddie. that awesome? It really and truly is. It's it trying to stuck with me, um, you know, mm-hmm. seeing a blind person uh, at Buccaneer Arena over the years. I didn't know he sung the anthem. Um, Tony mentioned that, too. Yeah, I didn't know that. Incredible singer. Is that right? That's He's got awesome. great pipes. But you can just imagine, he's mentioned, right, his his senses are so much more fine-tuned than probably ours are, mm-hmm. particularly his hearing. You know, he gets to the he gets to the rink and he can't see the action, but he can hear the action. He can hear the skates and he can hear the, you know, the stops and starts and the, 
pucks ringing around the board or off the glass of the goalie making a save and the fans cheering or ooing and awing. Spectacular. Really cool. Philip Tracy, uh, again, 776-2730 if you'd like to reach out to Philip 515. All right, we're going to try and reach out to you. We're going to get Cappy in here uh, coming up on the other side of this break. But right now, KXNO and iHeart want to help you with your bills. Uh, just text the keyword cash to 200, 200. Right now, it's your chance to win $1,000 cash to 200, 200. You'll get a confirmation text and Whoa. standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Uh, back with more Miller and Condon. One more time. That's cash to 200, 200. Cappy joins the show. Centurion Stone of Iowa. Uh, we'll do, uh, we're going to go to Life Sir Blood Center to lead off the 11 o'clock hour with Danielle. Look forward to catching up with her and finding out the, uh, uh, what we can do as far as building up that blood bank that I guess is getting to the point of being, uh, seriously low. The gift of life. Life Serve, uh, of Iowa will join us at 11 o'clock and then Chuck Long on the 85 Hawkeyes, our team of the day. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.0. With you, it's Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. As we are each and every Wednesday throughout the calendar year, we're joined by David Kaplan. It's presented by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Cappy, we continue on with no sports, but at least a little bit of light. As uh, yesterday, we find out the documentary on the 1997-98 Chicago Bulls. Last dance, it's been moved up. This has been speculated about and we get our answer. We're going to be able to see this documentary and the 10-part series uh, starting here pretty soon. It's the last championship, and it's going to be incredible. Steve Kerr was on our radio station, and he said, look, I lived it. I'm in that poster. And he said, I can't wait to see it. He said, it was really weird when they started having all the cameras in there. He said, the first two weeks, you're like, well, there's a camera in our meeting. There's a camera there. But he said, after like two weeks, you went, yeah, whatever. I'm good. And you just kind of forgot about it. And then all of a sudden, boom, here it is. He said it's 22 years later, and I'm excited to see things that he has no memory of. He said, you can't remember what you did 22 years ago. He goes, I'm excited right. to see it for my family. Yeah, I guess. It's, it's going to be fascinating. Uh, Cap, uh, you know, here's the thing. Who was behind that? You know, whose idea was it to... To essentially chronicle uh, what turned out to be the last dance, knowing that, I mean, I don't know when they were doing it, if they thought that they'd embargo that uh, that tape for 22 years, but they did, and we're all grateful for it. Who was behind the idea, Cap? Do you know? I, I don't know. It's a great question. My wife asked me that question today. Like, 22 years ago, they said, we're going to do this, and we're not going to release it till 2020. I don't know exactly what the parameters were. You know, Jerry Krause is as private and as secret a guy as there was. May he rest in peace. And he wasn't the easiest guy to deal with. Trust me, I had my run-ins with him, but we mended fences shortly before he died. I find it unbelievably fascinating that Jerry Krause allowed cameras. I mean, this was a guy who, he was so secretive that a friend of mine that was scouting for him, this is not a lie, 
would pick up a player at the airport. He's bringing Ken Miller in. They're going to work him out, and they're thinking of drafting him. And you can only bring in X number of players. You can't bring 50,000 guys in and, you know, potentially protect, pre, um, prevent other teams from getting a guy in because you've got them all in Chicago. You can only use, like, 15 visits. And he said, I would literally pick a guy up, and this is pre-9-11, so there you could go to the gate and wait. Now you can't mm-hmm. you meet him in the concourse. He said, literally, I would go to a payphone. Couldn't use his cell phone because that could be tracked. A random payphone. <laughs> he would call Jerry on a special number, and he'd be like, this is Agent Orange. The package has landed. Agent Orange, <laughs> package has landed and hang up. And that's how Jerry knew the kid had arrived. He said, uh, so I find it absolutely mind-blowing that Jerry Krause allowed ESPN this unfettered access. Yeah, I, I'm looking at an article from Sports Illustrated, and it talks about right before the season, Jerry Reinsdorf and Phil Jackson agreeing NBA Entertainment film crew was the one that was behind it. Just absolutely amazing that, that people like this allowed this to happen. And we've seen plenty of documentaries. We've read books uh, about this season, about this group together, playing together during the uh, the run there in the mid-90s into the late 90s. But, Cap, take us to Chicago during that time. We all have memories, but it is 22 years removed. Take us through what it was like in Chicago during that time with this team. They were called being like the Beatles, following them around and, and the way that they were covered, certainly in your city. Yeah, I mean, I was right in the middle of this thing. First of all, I was a former NBA scout for four years, and I also worked briefly for Jerry Krause before I left the Bulls pre-championships to take another job and then get into the media. But I was right in the middle of this thing. I was in Utah when they won, when Michael had the quote-unquote flu game. And I was there the night they beat the Seattle Sonics to clinch. So I saw all this up close and personal, and I knew Michael. I played golf with Michael. I coached his brother. So I look back, I said on my radio show yesterday on ESPN 1000 in Chicago, I said, did I really truly appreciate what I'm mm. watching? Because I'm watching these games now on NBC Sports Chicago, and I watch these games like the other night. I'm watching the Knicks-Bulls. It was the clinching game of that series. And I said to my wife, okay, I lived this. I mean, I covered it. I was there. But did I truly appreciate it? Because I'm watching, and it went to halftime, and the shot walking off the court was a sweat-soaked Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Phil Jackson. They are literally walking towards the locker room, and I looked and went, oh, my God, this team in Chicago now stinks. They're horrible. They're a punchline. Look at that. Mindy, look at what we're watching here. Did I really, truly appreciate it? Did I race home? Like I did in 2016, again, I was immersed in it. I wrote a book, and I hosted the TV network. But even if I was off that night, I raced home in 2016 and watched the Chicago Cubs in that magical season. Did I truly appreciate that I was going to run home from work and Michael freaking Jordan was going to be on TV (laughs) playing for my favorite team? Oh, and by the way, Dennis Rodman and his changing hair colors, it's Scottie Pippen, and maybe the greatest basketball coach of our generation, certainly in terms of championships, he's right there with Red Auerbach. I mean, oh my goodness. And I don't know if I did. 
That, and that drives me insane. Hmm. I'd love to go back to the 90s and watch it again. Well, we'll be able to do so here in the uh, five Sunday nights uh, 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 starting in, I think it's April the 19th. Cap, you know what? And you've mentioned a lot of guys on that roster, and I think this kind of maybe proves my point to an extent. I don't think Ron Harper gets the love for, for his role on that team. I mean, he was a defensive lockdown. Ron Harper had a big role on that team, and I think he gets overlooked. So here's a great story for you. Great story. You guys know I was a college coach. I was at Northern Illinois for four years. We have a pretty talented team. We're struggling early. Miami of Ohio, Ron Harper, Ron Hunter, who coached IUPUI to the NCAA tournament and then coached the um, Georgia State team that went to the tournament with his son, R.J. Hunter. So I coached Northern. We're playing Miami of Ohio. And I go to a bar at the Hyatt, I mean, at the Holiday Inn in DeKalb, Illinois, the night before the game, simply to make sure that our players aren't in there. We had a curfew on them, <laughs> a huge game the next day. Miami's undefeated, ranked. And I'm like, Coach, I'm going to go check the kids tonight, make sure nobody's in there. He's like, All right, you got it. I walk in. My girlfriend at the time is working as a cocktail waitress in that bar at the Holiday Inn. And that is the hotel that Miami Redhawks were staying at. And I walk in and I look. None of our players, thank goodness, are there. And I see two guys in the corner, and they're talking to two girls. It's Ron Harper and it's Ron Hunter, and they got cocktails. And I'm, I walk up to my girlfriend, and I say, I need a favor. She's like, what do you got? Here's money. I want you to buy shots for those guys. Buy them all their drinks <laughs> all night long. Just tell me what I owe you. I want them hammered. And she brought them shots. I'm across. They don't know who I am. I'm across the bar. I watch. They down the shots. They're talking to these two pretty girls. I get another round of shots. These guys get smashed. She calls me later. Okay, those two guys stumbled out of there at like 1.30 in the morning. We whipped their ass the next day. I mean, pounded them, and those guys really struggled. It was watching one of them try to guard, Ron Hunter, try to guard Kenny Battle was one of the funniest things I've ever seen because we crushed him. It was awesome. <laughs> Love that, Dave. your question about him as a defender, yeah, Ron Harper was amazing. David Kaplan from NBC Sports Chicago joining us here. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Cap, uh, we're going to have plenty of time to relive that great season and relive those Bulls teams in the coming weeks. Let's get into the NFL draft coming up here at the end of the month as the Bears will have seven picks in the draft though no in the fir- none in the first round. Let's go right there. Uh, what, if anything, do you think there's any chance at all that the Bears are going to do something to trade up and get into the first round? I do not. I'd be absolutely stunned if Ryan Pace did that. And again, he lives a life, as he's always told me, no regret. There's a player I have to have, I'm getting him. And he's traded up a lot. Now, last year they didn't have a pick till the third round, and he was able to find a way to finagle, move around, pick up an extra pick, and get the back that they wanted in David Montgomery. So what they're going to end up doing, I can't tell you for sure, but I'll be stunned if Ryan Pace mortgages you know, two number twos and something else to get into the first round unless, oh my goodness, who slipped? But I don't see that happening. 
Uh, David Kaplan is our guest. The Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible. Uh, Cap Nick Foles signed his contract. He did his video shout out to the city of Chicago with his family, uh, expressing uh, uh, his belief that uh, that this team is, is going to work out for him. Uh, I guess, you know, as we get closer to draft time and we start thinking a little bit more about the NFL, has the opinion of the Foles trade um i mean where's it at right now are people on board is it is it just well you know what he's he's better than trubisky so therefore i'm in uh there are people that hold that feeling that it's not trubisky so they're in they could literally announce that trent has signed as quarterback <laughs> they'd be like well i believe in that guy more than trubisky <laughs> brian erlacher was on waddle and sylvie yesterday on our station and brian believes that it's trubisky's job not nick Foles. brad biggs hmm. who's you know, fairly dialed in. He believes yeah. there's no way they'd have given up a fourth-round pick and paid tw- almost $21 million and Nick Foles sits on the bench. But I'll tell you, Nick Foles is not as mobile as Trubisky. Nick Foles was a third-round pick when he came out. You got him for a fourth-round pick. The contract's irrelevant. With the climate of the world today, no OTAs. Adam Schefter said, put it on the crawl. It's a guarantee there'll be no OTAs. Probably short in training camp. Maybe no mini camp. There really was no other move the Bears could make because this guy knows their system. And everyone says, well, you can learn a lot digitally watching the system. Yeah, it's still different. I don't care if you know the calls, you know the protections, you know everything about the inner workings of the offense. You have to develop a rapport running that offense. And so that's why Nick Foles, was the only option for the Bears when we really look back at it and say, yeah, who should else could they have gotten? Cam Newton? He's still sitting out there. You don't know if he's healthy. Nick Foles was the only option for this team. I don't believe that Nick Foles is a great football player. He's a good security blanket. He is a rescue-type guy who, whenever he's been handed the keys to a team, St. Louis, Jacksonville, he failed miserably, spectacularly. Let's not forget Jacksonville gave him an $88 million deal. He played what? Seven games? Six games? Five games? He got hurt in the first one, came back, started four, and they said, now we're done. And then they got rid of him. So I'm not convinced that Nick Foles is the savior that rides in and saves the Bears. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. I still think he has to beat out Mitchell Trubisky. Cap, any quarterback can look good if they have a good running game to go along with it. We're a believer here in this state, certainly on David Montgomery and what he can be as a pro, but that offensive line needs to get better. It needs to get better with James Daniels and a lot of those other pieces. With what they've done at the offensive line this year, is that still a place that they're going to be targeting in your mind when we get to the draft? Yeah, I think they have to go get a road grader guard. I mean, look, you take the best player on the board. I'm hoping that's not you know, an inside linebacker or a defensive tackle. You've got to get some help for your offense. One of them has, for me, has to be an elite guard, and there's a lot of people that believe that there's a kid named Moody, M-U-T-I, that is the number one rated guard in the class and that he could be sitting there still at 43. So is that a guy you take a shot at? I don't know Ryan Pace's board, obviously. I also think Cole Komet at tight end is a possibility that he can mm-hmm. be there at 43. Uh, they do need a cornerback. They do need a speed wide receiver. So perhaps he's able to trade down from 43, get an extra pick maybe in the third round, and find a way to add an offensive lineman at 50, 
pick up a third round and something else for giving up the 43rd pick, and then he gets two players there. So he ends up with three instead of two. That is all absolutely in play. I'll just be stunned if he mortgages capital to move up into the first round unless, oh, my God, I have to have that guy. He's a future Hall of Fame. Last thing, Cap, will let you do your show. I believe you had Rizzo since last time we've spoken. Uh, what, what's the buzz major league-wise? Major league wise? What are the players saying? What do they expect? Is there a date in the back of their mind, although not official, a date that they think that they may play? Uh, the guys I've talked to keep hearing that maybe it's July 4th that we start baseball. But again, nobody knows because the president yesterday and Tony Fauci and Deborah Burks, his two top doctors on this, who are amazing to watch, they're incredible, they said the next two weeks, don't be discouraged, we're going to see a peak, a spike in the number of people in our country that lose their life to this. So nobody knows. Uh, we just hope everybody social distances. You know, it drives me insane to see people out on beaches in Florida. To see people, They had to shut down the lakefront here because idiots took thinking, oh, we can congregate out there. <laughs> no, you actually can't. There's a reason there's a stay-at-home order. So I literally, because we're considered essential employees uh, by the government because we're in the media, and so I literally get into my covered garage, I drive to my covered garage here. I walk in the studio. I'm never within six feet of anybody. I do the show by myself in the studio. Danny and Chris are kept separate. They're never around me. And I get back in my car. I pull back in my garage. I go in my basement and do TV. And I work out. That's my life. That's it. And hang with my wife. (laughs) So I hope everyone's listening to all the guidelines. No doubt. David Kaplan joining us. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible. Cappy, have a great show. We'll talk to you again next week. Guys are the best. Look forward to it. God bless everybody. Great talking as always. Thanks, Cap. With David Kaplan. Well, Ken, Centurion Stone of Iowa, it's something that you have at your place up in Ankeny. They do incredible work. CenturionStoneofIowa.com is where you can go. Still, they're working, though the showroom is closed for the time being with COVID-19. You can still check out everything online, centurionstoneofiowa.com. Indeed, good folks over there. Uh, Of course, uh, Justin Lutz, Joe Farron, uh, that's their business, and we're grateful to them for doing that. So July 4th, where is the first time you heard that date, trade Conference for Major League Baseball? Yes, you're the guy that was on front of that July 4th date, so... It looks like you got things figured out. What else do you have over there, Mr. Soothsayer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, look, at, I think that's, uh, fingers crossed that, um, you know, that we're around that time. I just made sense to me, you know, the country, the birthday, everything uh, around that date. Look, if they play in June, uh, bet, um, it's better for everybody. But uh, we, we don't know. Cappy's right. He's yeah. talked to a bunch of major leaguers. They're guessing like everybody else is right now. We just, we simply, we simply don't know. I mean, the football question uh, is becoming more and more of a topic right now. And the ramifications that we may be facing or colleges, uh, athletic departments may be facing if there's no college football trend. I saw something today that apparently there's some ADs that would be on board if they had to wait until January to start the college football season, which I don't know how they're going to pull that off. Uh, But nonetheless, it's the great unknown that's where we are what we do know is we're going to be talking with chuck long coming up in the second hour the 
Iowa quarterback for the 1985 team. In fact, when we come back, got a couple of minutes on the other side. We're going to talk a little bit, some of the memories, at least that I have, and a couple of highlights from 1985. It's our Rewind. We do it Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays here on Miller & Condon to look back at great teams in the state of Iowa's history. And today it's a look at 1985, the Iowa Hawkeye football team. Coming back with more as we continue, it's Miller & Condon, 1460 KXNO at 106- Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, welcome back to Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. What's this song Take On Me by Aha. October 1985. This was the number one hit in our country. I don't know if it was the number one hit in your country. Yeah, it probably was. Um, Oh, I get it for the 1985 Hawkeyes that we're going to chronicle coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. This video, I don't know if you remember this. We were talking during the break. I didn't tell you what the song was going to be. No, uh uh-uh. Told you it was an iconic music video, though. This is the one where it's a bunch of like sketch painting. It's this guy going through this bit. It's like a comic book, and it comes to yeah, life. Yeah, vaguely remember. Is it kind Weird. of like charcoal or pencil? Yes, yeah, yeah. And I kind of vaguely remember. A very, it was the most probably well produced video at least at that time that I can mm. remember. Back when MTV actually played videos, right. is that it? As See, I don't to- think we got MTV. No, I don't think I saw MTV till I moved here in '89. I could be. I don't remember watching it. And the first video I ever remember watching, and it was a debut. You probably don't remember this. Okay, maybe you will. Was Thriller? Oh yes. And it it was yes. like eleven thirty. Wasn't Saturday Night Live? Was a Friday night? I think. Was there a Friday show? Was there, there was a Friday, music. It was Friday Night Videos. Is that what it was called? I think it was called Friday Night Videos. Yeah, I think it was as simple as that. Because growing up, we had three channels. So I also didn't have MTV, yeah, right? Unless I went to a buddy's house that had it. But on Friday nights, I could see music and I could right. see music videos. Like it just started at eleven or eleven thirty. It was 10, late. I remember it was, that. Yeah, I, th- I want to say at least our affiliate. I don't know if it was syndicated or if it was a network, but I think it was on right after the news. So it was ten thirty, mm-hmm. which would s- sound about right because I would get the the last race would run about ten thirty, and I'd be home by eleven um, on Fridays up at ASD in Winnipeg. Um, what year was that? Was it 83 Thriller? 80, 84? I don't know. Well, you know what? This Google machine in front of me? I got the intro here to uh, Friday Night Videos. <laughs> Listen to just the, the synthesizer and everything I else. Remember this. And it was 1985. Friday Night Videos came out. I remember it well. It was great. Absolutely great. Well, we're going back not to talk about music. Going back to talk about the Iowa football team from 1985. Ken, again, your memories are a little bit different mm-hmm. being in Canada at the time. You're running around doing your thing in Winnipeg as a 20-year-old. Well, college football just didn't move any needles. NFL was important. Yeah, very much so. But college football... Uh-uh. College sports didn't. That's what I've, I've said it many times. The thing that separates Canada from the... For me is the passion for college sports. And I would have never experienced that. I lived north of the border for my entire life. Well, and I, I would have missed out big time. He's no doubt. Expectations for the Hawkeyes were very big coming into the year. Of course, this is the year they ascend to number one. 
preseason number five in the AP poll. Mm-hmm. They take in Drake in the first game, scoreless through the first quarter. No, it was. It, it was really scoreless through the first quarter, and uh, they win at fifty-eight nothing. Though the final from Kinnick Stadium, game two against Northern Illinois. 48-20 victory. Game three, they go over to Jack Trice Stadium, well then, Cyclone Stadium, to take on the Cyclones. ABC with the national broadcast for this one, and a voice you certainly should recognize, Ken. Do you have some, you've got some highlights to you? Here's a highlight from the Hawks' big win in Ames. score. Al, Al Michaels, Michaels did the call. Did the Cy Hockey? Remember Al Michaels did uh, ABC Monday oh, Night yeah. Baseball? God, yes. I loved that. I was right there with oh, you. It was one of the it. few times to see the national stars, yes. to see the big names, to see the other teams, see the Oakland A's. Uh-huh. Those were uh, certainly the times for me. Me too. Seeing the Bash brothers out there. This is when baseball wasn't on TV. Right, yeah. Monday Night Baseball. I think it was we got maybe... TV. In North Iowa, we got 12 to 15 Twins games throughout the year. A lot of Sunday okay. games. Yeah. Maybe once a month you'd get a weeknight game. That would be it. Yeah, same way here. I mean, we would get the uh, the Blue Jays and the Expos. And then yeah. there's two CBCs, that Canadian Broadcasting Company, the mm-hmm. French version oh. and the English Channel. And, um, you know, you'd catch... You wouldn't be able to. I couldn't understand it because I didn't speak French. But the uh, the expos would be on the French channel, so you get it, turn turn it off and watch the game. But man, things have changed, dude. Hawks uh, get the victory against the Clones, fifty-seven three. Al Michaels on the call, and after that week is when they ascend to number one in the country. Hawks for the first so time. So prior to Big Ten play, they take in the number one. Yep, three and zero, number one in the country, and here comes Michigan State to town. An iconic game, the bootleg. I want to play this for you, though. It's the open before the game as Iowa's number one and another voice I think sports fans will recognize. Number one for the first time in 25 years. The Hawks have soared to the top on the strong arm of Heisman candidate Chuck Long, who has returned for a fifth year and is Iowa's all-time leading passer. On the ground, the workhorse is All-America Ronnie Harmon. Back from a broken leg, Harmon is a slashing runner with a keen eye for the end zone. But it's not just the offense that has head coach Hayden Fry stoked up. For the Hawkeyes possess a dominating defense that is both opportunistic and hard-hitting. Yes, good news for the folks in Iowa. The bad news is over for a while. Because right now, the Hawkeyes are number one. There it is, You're looking live. Brett Musburger, the Hawkeyes. That's, that's really good. So Musburger did that game. Musburger. Michaels did the Cyhawk game that year. Just think of that. That's crazy. That's really good, Trent. I'm glad you found that. Uh, here is Musburger's call, the bootleg. We'll talk to the guy that ran it in for the Hawkeyes as Iowa stays number one. Also, let's see what kind of deployment Michigan State has defensively. This is so similar to a year ago when Iowa failed on a two-point conversion. Here they are needing the touchdown. Long has got it. He'll walk in. He faked to Harmon and kept it. The crowds, as I'm going back and listening to these highlights, and you just get that visceral mm-hmm. feeling. This is something people hadn't seen for the Iowa Hawkeyes, the downtrodden program. And though they had made roads and they had built up, they had never built up to this level under Hayden Fry. Number one in the country, and you could you could just feel in a game where people say Michigan State outplayed Iowa that day. 
but Iowa found a way to get it done. Interesting. We will continue the rewind later That's in great. the program. I'm glad you got more. Do you know the other voice was on that uh, with Brent Musburger? Was that era Parsegian? It was. Yeah, it was. Former Notre Dame coach who just passed away recently, right? I think he oh, did. Well, yeah. He was in his 90s, wasn't he? Always old. Yeah. 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 Had to have been. All right, uh, we are going to hear from Chuck Long at about 11.20. We're going to hear from Danielle to lead off the next hour. Uh, she's with uh, LifeServe Iowa. Look forward to catching up uh, the Blood Center uh, with uh, with Danielle and uh, what they need and how we can help and how they're trying to you know, stage these blood drives in these times when social distancing is such a factor. Hour 2, Miller & Condon coming up next.